Now, uh, we know that there was some major changes come through, or some some saying major, others, uh, well, the opposition saying that they weren't maybe as major as what the government had said. Uh, but a raft of reforms certainly are recommended by the Territory Economic Reconstruction Commission have passed through Parliament throughout the week. Um, and we do know that one of those changes, um, hopefully, well, by the look of it, it uh, means that we are going to be able to use digital driver's licences uh, when we when we have to go through and uh, and scan during the, well, with the banned drinkers register, the BDR, as you have to do whenever you go and purchase takeaway alcohol. This is something that Hospitality NT CEO Alex Bruce has been talking to us about for quite some time and some of the concerns around uh, different licences not being able to scan properly. And he joins me on the line right now. Good morning to you, Alex. G'day, Katie. Alex, um, so does this mean that we are going to be able to, you know, to get through and, and use the BDR a little bit more smoothly? This is something you and I have obviously spoken about in the past. Yeah, look, and following you raising the issue, we did get some confirmation from Phil Timney, the Director of Liquor Licensing, a little while ago that we could manually enter uh, digital driver's licences. Um, they're already rolled out in South Australia and New South Wales, so we were getting more and more tourists coming up and, and, and wanting to use them. And so staff in the bottle shop can have a look at the uh, digital driver's licence on the person's phone and then manually enter the, 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 the details to check the BDR. Uh, the legislation's just caught up to that now, which is good, and probably builds a bit of future-proofing into it. Um, but now we really want to see what the government's going to do and what time frame are they going to commit to our territorians being able to get digital driver's licences. Yeah. We know where they've been rolled out down south. You, you end up using your physical driver's licence a bit like your passport. You mm-hmm. keep it safe and secure at home. And people are just getting out and about and using their smartphone these days. So, what? Like, when are we going to get to the point where where that is able to, like, where we do actually have those digital drivers licences? But also, what kind of impact or what kind of change will be needed then when you talk about the equipment that's used to, you know, to go through and use the BDR? Oh well, that's it. So uh, we're not shying away that there would be a body of work and it would come at a cost as well to government. Mm-hmm. Um, the the BDR would need to be completely updated so that. You can pay wave essentially, and it picks up the data fields um, from your digital driver's license and then checks it against the BDR. So yep. we think it's a while away yet, um, and we would want to see a commitment on that technology in any government announcement about territorians having the opportunity, like the rest of the country, for digital driver's licenses, uh, because otherwise we would get quite a high administrative burden there in our bottle shops if we yeah. had to manually enter every single oh, ID. Absolutely. Check. Yeah, and then I imagine, like, if you get a digit wrong, then does, do you have to go right from the start again? Well, this is where, unfortunately, the human error can creep into it. Um, yeah. BDR is a bit of a clunky system. It just checks if you're on a banned list or not. So if you get a, the date of birth wrong by a digit or yep. if you get uh, the, the name wrong by uh, a letter, it will tell you the person is able to be sold, uh, sold alcohol, even if they are on the BDR. So yeah, right. It's an issue we've raised... Um, there's a, you know, uh, the low proof that's required when you go into the MVR, um, especially if you're an Indigenous Territorian, uh, the low dock pathways that they've done to help. Um, it's not uncommon now, and it's a well-worn path where people that are on the BDR are only changing a, a digit or a, a letter in, mm. in their surname to, to, to skirt around the system and make it completely useless, to be honest. Wow. So is this something that's, like, is that a bit of an issue? Oh, absolutely, and we've been raising it for countless years with the government. Yeah.
Oh, and Alex, I know that, um, you know, I think like when we talk about it being clunky and it being difficult and time consuming and you then said that, you know, we can use PayWave and things like that, it does sort of make you wonder, you know, if technology is moving, like technology is moving forward that quickly, but we're still going through this process of having to put the licence down and scan it all through. Um, There has to be some kind of solution that does make it a little bit easier and less cumbersome for everybody involved. Absolutely. And unfortunately, you know, politics is played a heavy hand on people that support and not support the BDR. Yeah. Um, if you could just cut all of that out and looked at it, it's at best an ineffective tool. Um, we think there are things that would impinge on people's privacy more to make it a more effective tool, and we put that to the government. Um, there's no political will to progress any of that. So, look, at some point in, in, in probably this term, the government will, will need to make its position clear on whether they're going to call time on the BDR. Oh, well, I don't know if the government will, but we'll um, we'll keep a close eye on it anyway. They seem as though they're intent on keeping it, but we'll. Uh, they reckon that they're using the statistics and, and, you know, different information to base any of those decisions on, but we'll keep an eye on it. Hey, Alex, um, we've had a lot, like quite a few businesses get in contact with us over the last couple of days, uh, some of them in the hospitality sector about some of the issues that they're seeing uh, around the CBD and in other locations around antisocial behaviour, but um, particularly from young people at this point, is it something that's being raised with you guys through hospitality? Uh, look, yes, it is. And a lot of our venues and some of their staff that have been impacted personally, they're, they're taking to social media and sharing their stories and, and, and venting. And, you know, we, we, we respect um, that, that that's, that's, that's their right. And, you know, they're, they're, they're feeling quite frustrated. Um, we, we did meet with the police yesterday. Uh, this was the number one issue that we were discussing with them. We know that they are, they know who the main perpetrators are. I think they are putting a lot of time and focus on, on, on trying to alleviate the, the problems in the city, and we are appreciative of the work that the police are doing in that regard. Um, they are hampered a little bit from time to time if they're not physically there to observe it. Um, and then some of this is just rat-bag-ish behaviour, people running in, kids running into venues and stealing chips off people's plates and then running back out. Um, so it, it is really hard to, for them to completely stomp it out. But uh, we've made it clear that it's something our members are raising with us and uh, we, we stand ready to work with, with police and, and, and others uh, to try and uh, curb it. Well, and you said that it was the number one issue raised with the, uh, with the police yesterday when you met with them. Um, I mean, how, like how many... Uh, have you had quite a few of your hospitality businesses talk to you about this in recent weeks there? Uh, yes, but more so, I think some of the stories are getting shared directly on social media and we're, we're, we're learning about some of these bad, bad events as, as they're occurring and people are, are posting and talking about them. So, yeah. you know, like Jason Hanna's been quite vocal in this space and um, he's getting a lot of um, support from within the industry for, for, for uh, the views that he's expressing on, on how there has been a bit of a flare-up. You know, we'll always have incidences um, in, in every CBD across the country, but uh, it just does seem to be spiking a bit at the moment um, with uh, with perpetrators younger than 18. So just hoping that the government services, not just police, but, you know, mm. children and families and all the relevant support agencies can really just get some diversions in place and get, get those kids on a better path. 
Alex, we know that uh, we're edging a bit closer to the uh, to the council election and obviously the different mayoral candidates, whether you're talking about Darwin or Palmerston, Litchfield or Catherine and everywhere else in between, are coming out with, uh, you know, with some nifty and innovative uh, ideas, I suppose, uh, to try and get elected or re-elected. And we know that Convat Scarless, well, he's promised to get rid of Alfresco dining fees uh, for the full term of next council. Um, I'm assuming that this is something that, uh, you know, that whether it's Con or whether it's another candidate, if they uh, if they also say that they're going to do this, that it would be something that Hospitality NT would support and want to happen? Yeah, yes, um, because our fresco fees were coming back and then we got a 12-month deferral just before our most recent lockdown. And this really is about those unlicensed, non-alcohol-serving cafes, those small businesses uh, throughout the city and in the northern suburbs that were paying um, the Alfresco fees. Uh, it, it gives that small business sector a bit of immediate relief. Um, but importantly as well, and, and we do need to make this clear to uh, Con, who's been great by leading on this one, and we hope all the other uh, candidates and, and count, uh, aldermen think about it as well. Um, if you can activate and encourage our fresco and use of these public spaces, it really does help limit the antisocial behaviour opportunities. It won't fix the smash and, smash and grab for the chips yep. um, that's going on at the moment. But, you know, it really, the more people that are out in our public domain using it, enjoying it, um, the better we all are because it really does displace um, the opportunity for uh, ne- negative behaviours to, to, to congregate and really start to cause trouble. So we, we, we do look at it and think it's a no-brainer in a, in a city like ours, which is awesome and does have a beautiful outdoor lifestyle for us to enjoy, but also does have those uh, antisocial behaviour challenges. Yep. Uh, you'd want as much our fresco as possible to help minimise that opportunity. So, yeah. yeah. Look, on this one, we we have to give Con the tick. He um, he has led this. Um, yep. We look forward to uh, the election result, however that plays out, uh, when the residents vote, but um, engaging with council on how we can make this a reality. Mm, yeah, I'm always interested to see uh, to see what different policies all of the candidates come out with, and we are going to make sure that we have all those mayoral candidates on over the next couple of weeks in the lead-in to the elections. Um, Alex Bruce, always good to catch up with you. Hope you have a great weekend. Cheers, Katie. All Thank there. you. You too.